0: and help your child express their needs safely without punishments, yelling, or coddling. If you want to know the answer, you're in the right place. Hello, hello, Megan Thompson here with Megan Thompson Coaching, and today we're speaking all about how to prepare your highly sensitive child to handle bad news. Now, this is true for parents of young children, uh, middle middle children, middle-aged children, (laughs) middle schoolers, right? I think about elementary age or middle school and even even adolescents, sensitive teens can really take on a lot of big, intense um, knowledge, especially with access to screens. And, and their peers and um, all of the information that's available in, in today's world, it's really important for you as a parent to pay attention to how you can help your sensitive child prepare for receiving bad news or for experiencing bad news. So I want to talk about this because the important piece that we're going to talk about today is around surprising bad news. And, and, and so that might be say for example, you know that that you might have an aunt Sally who who just simply cannot handle, um, thinking that things will work out well for her. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I'm joking about this, but maybe maybe you have an aunt or, or an uncle that just doesn't understand uh, that speaking about adult topics, like adult news topics or adult um, circumstances around children is not appropriate. And they might not understand how that impacts your kid. And maybe they understand that, um, that, that, that there are big topics around, but they might not understand how supersonic your kid's hearing is, right? So if this is a challenge that you experience and and when you expose your kids to adults especially family these days um, that don't have the same understanding of what your kid can takes in from the world it's important for you to to pay attention to how to support your child in understanding that bad news because they might hear from from aunt sally something in the news about um, you know just whatever bad thing that's happening in, in the world and your, your sensitive child can be carrying that all day long, the worry, the fear, the empathy towards that other person or, or the victim of a crime or the circumstances and noticing um, if, if uh, certain health conditions of other people in the world is, is spiking due to uh, a change in, in the climate, climate of today's health, right? And especially in a pandemic where that's relevant, um, uh, more frequently with with the news right now and it's important for you as a parent to be prepared your sensitive child is taking in information from all avenues for all around them and that's true even if you're having an adult conversation in the corner or in a different room your kiddo can likely hear you, especially if they're if your child is sensitive, because they're either going to pick up on um, on that intensity of the conversation, of the emotion in that conversation, or they'll actually hear you if, if they have sensitive hearing. And so, when we think about this um, important piece, you won't be able to protect your kid from all of it. We're going to talk about that today: how to prepare your child for this intensity. And uh, one of the things that's that's super important is that you need to accept the facts, right? Your your child will be exposed to bad news in life and uh, that's not something that you can completely eliminate from their life even if you are isolated (laughs) even if you isolate by choice or or just are isolated um, isolation is bad news right Um, for a child who who doesn't understand and so so when we think about that it's really important to understand that 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 bad news is going to happen and and even surprising bad news you can't protect your kid from all of this um, and and so, so it's important to build a scale the first thing that you need to focus on is noticing that protection trap right you can't protect your child from that bad news and so the the important piece around this for for you in in regular everyday life might be your sister's kid who who just lost her hamster and that's really sad and she wants to talk about it and and you're visiting your sister and she shows you the hamster's cage and and um and and she's talking all about the fun times that they had and and then you're you your, your baby, your sensitive child is, is noticing the sadness and the grief and, um, and carrying that so much so that it leads to a meltdown. Or your, your child starts to get irritated and asking the, your, their cousin to stop talking about it and yelling at them for, to stop talking about their hamster that just died. And, and if your child is struggling with those big emotions, you can feel really embarrassed in that moment. And, and this is true even if you do get a heads up, say, for, you know, your sister did give you a heads up about that hamster or um, you you notice that that somebody died and you need to be able to support your, your child in, in experiencing death and, and grieving appropriately and, and doing that. And, and in a way that that um, doesn't negatively impact everybody else. And I'm saying that from an understanding of grief, right? Grief is is not something that we need to button up or we need to experience grief. We need to express our grief and, and do that healthily. And um, having a meltdown is is a symptom that your child is out of control in their emotions and therefore it's not a healthy emotional expression. And so I want to make sure that that's clear. Being sad when someone dies is healthy. <laughs> that, is, that is a healthy expression of emotion. We're not talking about inhibiting emotion, shutting emotion down, or making children responsible for keeping adults comfortable. Uh, what we're talking about is supporting children and regulating their emotions so that they feel in control even when they're feeling big feelings. And that is absolutely something that you can do with your child or a sensitive teen, no matter their age, when when you have those skills and you can you can focus on that. And, and it's something that we help our clients do day in and day out. We've been doing this for a decade. So when you think about the the challenges that you're experiencing, it's really important to understand how to break out of this pattern and how to support yourself and noticing what's okay uh, for your children to, to experience. But but not just that, what you need to be prepared for, how to prepare your child and um, and and make sure that you're not falling into the protection trap your, yourself, right? This is a symptom of the meltdown cycle. Walking on eggshells doesn't just happen in your own house. If you experience frustration, anger and aggravation um, when you're, you're Friends, uh, your your kid's friend Johnny tells your child um, information about an idyllic childhood character that that quote unquote ruins their childhood, helps them grow up too fast. Uh, if that level of frustration and aggravation uh, is also stemming from the fact that you don't think your kid can handle that news, even though we don't want our kids to to um, you know to to hear this kind of news from uh from 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 strangers we want to pre- preserve our child's uh, focus on on the magic of childhood right um being a little vague because little ears might be listening but when we think about um one of the things that's important to to understand it might be that your child um, simply believes in the magic of fairies and um and and their bigger 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 uh sibling or or and again, if you have super little years, you, you can you can tone this down or press pause. Um, and and uh, if your child is, is believing that magic and, and playing in that magic, and then all of a sudden Johnny comes over and says, well, you know, my big brother told me that even though you play with fairies, um, and, and then goes on to, to speak facts about fairies, and uh, that, that might challenge your child's emotional uh, capacity, right, and and if that leads to a meltdown, you can feel some pretty significant fear and, and aggravation towards Johnny. But knowing that Johnny's a child, uh, it's really important for you as a parent to notice that this is a symptom of the meltdown cycle, right? If you're frustrated that other kids are exposing your kid to news um, <laughs> news about childhood that uh, that 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 reduces some of their their childhood wonder or affects their, some of their childhood wonder, um, there needs to be a gauge for you as to how intense that is how intense is your reaction is your reaction coming from the fact that you have just been exhausted supporting your child dealing with the disappointment of noticing that 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 it's time to to close down um the ipad or noticing that you ran out of their um their favorite uh lunch meat right um then, well, most sensitive kids who struggle with picky food aren't, aren't, aren't dealing with the smell of lunch meat, but you get what I'm saying. <laughs> um. The, the you might have run out of the special peanut butter right and, and then you tried to grab it at the grocery store and they happened to also be out of it so you had to get a substitute because you know your kid eats peanut butter and only eats peanut butter at lunch right and 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 so if you're fried dealing with all of these other things to keep your kid out of meltdown mode and then you need to deal with the fact that your child might have an interaction with another human Who's outside your house? um, You want to make sure that you're avoiding the protection trap. You cannot preserve your child's innocence um, from all influence right and and this is really important to understand that if you're dealing with this then then it's likely a symptom of that meltdown because for you um you need to be the one leading your child out of that eggshell walking themselves and and if you don't feel like you have the skills then it's time to make sure that you are 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 building those skills and and so that's very important because it's not up to your child. Research demonstrates that highly sensitive children change their relationship with their own emotions and change their relationship with how they deal with other people based on how their relationship with their parent is flowing. And so that means that you are your child's primary teacher in regulating your child's emotions. You are your child's primary influencer. And and when I say primary Um, I'm not just saying first like the one who wakes them up (laughs) and the one who sees them the most right because if if you're schooling in public school you might not see your kid the most during the school year but you are your child's primary influencer that means that the majority of your how your child is influenced by the world and um, the, the biggest way to influence your kid is through your relationship with them. That is really important. So if you're trying to protect yourself um, from your kid's big emotions, then that means that your child feels pretty unprotected from their own big emotions because their parent is scared of of their big emotions, right? And and, and I know that that's hard to hear, but it's super important as we raise children that we don't send the message to our kids that we're afraid of them or we're afraid of what they're capable of. Uh, That's a clear sign that you need help. You need help shifting out of this dynamic, and it's time, it's time to take that action. So when we think about that and, and breaking out of that protection trap, it's also important to stay out of the the, the uh, pressure trap, right? Don't just shove them to the wolves and say, well, you know, such is life, <laughs> you're going to learn someday, uh, because there's a disconnect from your child's emotions that is important there. And so I want to talk about that too. But before we talk about that, it's really important to accept the trap, right? So you can't protect your kid from the emotions, right? Everyone in their family has a, has a Debbie Downer. <laughs> um, but you also can't uh, tell your kid to suck it up and, and to deal, right? Because that also discounts the fact that they're sensitive. And so if you've been watching and listening, you identify your child as highly sensitive. And, and, and that is something that we need to honor. It can only become a strength of their personality, right? Uh, being highly sensitive, one out of every five has moved through the evolution of human condition for a reason. You know, we've been supporting sensitive people in our population, supporting not from a place of saying that they're a weakness um, that we've needed to support, but uh, using the use of the word support, meaning, um, it's, it's been reciprocal. We, we have valued as a human population, we've valued what sensitive people bring to the table in our population since the beginning of time, since the beginning of the human population. And so if that's the case, then that means that sensitivity can be a strength, but only if we harness that, that strength. And so we speak about the, the piece of being um, more empathetic, this is really important because if your child can't handle bad news and they they fall into their own emotional spiral of intensity that leads to meltdowns or irritability and and outbursts and and to the point where you need to remove them from those circumstances, uh, then it can really damage the relationships that they're trying to exude that empathy towards, right? They see cousin, um, you know, cousin cousin Joe, <laughs> uh, who who's sad. I think uh, maybe early in my story I, I, I determined the cousin was a girl also. <laughs> um, you know, cousin cousin Joe who who happens to have her um her hamster die and uh she's sad about it, and then you know, your child feels that empathy, feels sad and can't handle her sadness about it, and starts yelling at Joe that's gonna damage the relationship with Joe, right? Without repair and, and the ability to communicate effectively and safely and consistently. And so uh, your, your child needs those skills in order to maintain that relationship she values with cousin Joe. So let's go into what's gonna help, right? So so you might've heard or seen uh, sensitive people coach you through this process to, um, to set up a, an, an avi- um, the ability to consider just focusing on your child's energy. So this can be um, you know, just using imagery to protect them from the emotions of other people. And uh, I wanna bust a myth here that that's the only solution, right? When we think about being empathetic, it's different than being an empath, feeling the feelings of other people as they feel them. Um, but being empathetic is noticing the emotions of other people and, and being cognizant of that and compassionate to that and uh, feeling your own feelings about those people. Um, And uh, that empathy, um, creating a a, an imagery of a shield around you from that emotion, doesn't solve the problem of needing to dissipate your own emotion. Okay, so so it's really important. We might see this in Facebook groups. We might see this from other coaches who are are communicating um, to envision and teach your child to envision um, a white light or. Uh, a bubble around your child and their emotions. And it's it's really important to understand. That's just one piece of the puzzle. Imagery could be really impactful uh, for children, but it is it, that's a perception of a coping skill or it's, it's, it's just a coping skill. Much like deep breathing in the moment, that's a coping skill. It's not a coping strategy. It's not an emotion regulation strategy. So that's different To and an important to pay attention to, okay? So when we think about the challenge that, that sensitive kids are Um, are dealing with in in being able to manage themselves around their big emotions, around the big emotions of others. It's important to understand that, that we can't just teach one specific skill and think that the problem is solved because highly sensitive kids without the ability to regulate their emotions in any given circumstance aren't generalizing their skill to any given circumstance. So they're not going to be able to call up that skill unless it's around cousin Joe if you're just teaching in that one situation. Um, and, and that's important. You need to be able to, to develop that strategy. Now, you know that, that for us and our clients, the strategy that works, that eliminates the daily meltdown cycle means that you focus first on yourself and, and, and identify how you're making the meltdowns worse, right? We already covered part of that today. Secondly, is that you're gonna make feelings fun. And we talk about the, the, the fact that you need to add, right? Pay attention to the facts, is the feelings are just a fact of life. Your child is going to experience emotions. And your highly sensitive child is going to experience and notice and witness the emotions of others more regularly than not. Now, I've spoken about um, when your child expresses that awareness of that empathy, whether or not your child communicates that empathy. We're not going to talk about that today. But go ahead and, and search in, in any way on our YouTube channel, on um, in our Facebook group, or on our blog, et cetera, we talk all about the difference between being highly sensitive and and developing antisocial or sociopathic tendencies, and, and how highly sensitive people are empathetic inherently, and it's part of their trait. So even if you don't see it in all avenues of your kid's life, they are empathetic, um, and that and that means if you're not seeing it when they're when they're overwhelmed and they're uh, aggressive or struggling and they're closed off, then that means that there's a skill that needs to be built, not that your child doesn't actually experience empathy. Those are two things. Do not make that conclusion. That, that is not a, a conclusion you need to jump to. And, and um, scientifically, it's, it's not relevant here. But I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole today. Uh, well, we address that plenty of times in, in uh, different episodes of our shows here. And so when we think about what needs to be focused on today, feelings are a fact of life. Your child is empathetic, and noticing that you need to focus on the, the skill that we're talking about today, part of our strategy, which is making feelings fun. Now, we think about understanding that, right? Children learn most through play. That is, the, the play is the language of children and toys are their words. And when we understand that that's true, we need to be able to communicate that and, and read your child's play and communicate in your child's language. And, and um, this is not just the language of children, but also the language of highly sensitive children. That's a subset, that's a dialect, if you will. Um, and so when when you learn that skill, need to be able to follow parenting support and parenting research and parenting experts who are specifically diving into understanding the trait Right? This is a minority trait, it is uh, 15 to 20% of the population. So that means that people who dabble in that trait are not going to be experts, they're not going to understand it in a way that that is going to help you understand the nuances and help you break out of the, um, the behavior patterns that can be perceived as weaknesses of the personality trait if you're not uh, focused on, on turning them into strengths. So when we go into understanding that um, that playfulness is super important. What I'm not talking about is making jokes about emotions, right? That can quickly turn into sarcasm or be interpreted as sarcasm and mockery. And um, breaking out of jokes just to make your kid laugh is not playful. Uh, it's it, it, Your child can interpret it as cruel because it could be invalidating. You know, their, their sadness in that moment is very big. It's not funny to them. And so when you distract them out of that emotion, um, th- they don't feel connected to you. They feel like, like their emotions are a burden. Um, they might not communicate that to you. They might follow your distraction. They might start laughing because whatever you did was funny, uh, but it doesn't teach a skill. Your child might have a sense of humor. Um, most children do. Uh, I would like venture to, to argue that all children do, even if they're not demonstrating that sense of humor, it means they haven't been able to tap into their creative side and they're pretty closed off in that avenue. Um, and so when, that, when that's the case, that that's important to understand that, that humans are meant to be playful, they're meant to be silly, they're meant to be funny. And uh, that's a skill that needs to be cultivated if it's hidden. And, and so for you, it's really important to not crack jokes or play the class clown um, mentality for yourself. Uh, that's coming from uh, discomfort on your end. And so we need to make sure that, you're, that, that when you're being playful, you're not dismissing your kids through jokes. And so when we think about that, empathy can only become a strength if you are supporting your child and harnessing it, right? Uh, we're not talking about seeing the silver lining and making a joke about the behavior. We're talking about being able to completely and uh, capably turn this behavior around consistently. And and that means that your child needs to feel like all emotions are fun, not just their sad emotions and using fun and, and play. Um, to, to, to move them out of the, the happy emotions, right? Um, and and to, to only notice that happiness can be fun We're on the flip side of that, right? So that, that takes a strategy. You need to be able to turn this around consistently. And we work with parents who are a riot. <laughs> a lot of our parents are really funny. Um, and, 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 and we use that sense of humor as a strength, but that sense of humor can be a deflection. It can also be a defense mechanism, and it's really important for you as a parent uh, to be ready to look at that, to be ready to turn that around, and to use your humor as a strength as well. Uh, because self-deprecating humor, um, things like, you know, we're just a mess. We're just a, a hot mess. a whole family is just a, is just a wreck. Um, there's, a, there's, there's whole, you know, parenting mommy blog um, systems built around the perception that, that you're a disaster as a mom or a parent. And uh, if that's something that you relate to and embody, then um, it's, a, it's a pretty core belief that you have about yourself that you are a joke rather than a funny person. And um, if, if that's a belief that you need to break down in order to feel capable of being playful, uh, then we definitely want to support you in doing that. And that, that's going to take some work and it takes a system, but it's definitely something that can be turned around. So if we think about what would be a good fit uh, if you'd be a good fit to work with us and, and to turn this around, let's take a look at what is going to turn this around, right? First and foremost, I spend a lot of time talking about where you might be making those those meltdowns or those shutdowns worse. Um, you know, if if you have a parent, if you're parenting a sensitive teen or parenting a, a sensitive preteen using humor can backfire quickly. But if you can play into sarcasm, then you can be your, your sensitive teen's best friend, right? Um, now, we're not talking about parenting from their best friend and making everything awesome. Um, But we're talking about being able to to have your, your sensitive teen confide in you. That's the component of the best friend piece that we want to support you in developing. Because a sensitive teen who can confide in their parent is a secure teen who feels capable, especially if that confiding leads to feeling capable of solving their problems. It's just one piece of the puzzle. How do we turn that around, right? You need to be able to understand what makes your kid tick and how to break down this pattern of shame that your sensitive kid is experiencing. And you can do that by making feelings fun through jokes about their feelings uh, that, that will actually perpetuate the shame cycle of feeling like they are not normal, feeling like everything should be happy and everything should be fun. And uh, feelings aren't always fun in the sense that when you feel them, they uh, hurt, right? Uh, but they can be fun to talk about, and they can be fun to 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 participate in in dissipating. And that is uh, a different n- nuanced skill set. So when we look at uh, separating the two and, and understanding what you're capable of as a parent, you can certainly break out of this pattern and um, making feelings fun and identifying that shame. and you need to be able to do that in a way that supports your kid in taking feedback from you. And that feedback needs to be systematic because if you're focusing on giving your kid uh, feedback that everything needs to change, right? Their meltdowns about the morning routine, their meltdowns about how they handle schoolwork, their meltdowns about the fact that they are uh, struggling around your your cousins and uh, or their cousins and showing empathy when somebody passes away or or uh, a loss has been experienced then that compounds the problem. You need to be able to do that in a way that chips away at the issue, but uh, but hits the biggest issues first, right? Um, rather than looking at just tiny corners of a brick and, and, and rubbing it up against uh, concrete and seeing what pieces crumble off, right? You can break that brick in half and then in half again, and then you can, t- you can uh, reduce the uh, intensity of your child's behavior at a much faster rate when you hit the brick in the right spot that's what we're talking about here. Being able to do this in a strategic way so that you eliminate those meltdowns in as little as eight weeks or break down those behaviors for sensitive teens alongside your sensitive teens so that they feel capable rather than controlled by you and your rules so that they control themselves and they follow the rules because they know they're relevant. And, um, and, and that requires a certain set of skills and, 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 and the system that we just spoke about here. So. Uh, if you struggle with breaking down that pattern, if you've been trying all of these things, it's important to understand that it might not be the skill that you're using that isn't working. It's how you're using the skill or when you're using the skill that is the pattern, and that's what we help our clients do. Right? We always, I always teach our coaches and say this again and again. We help parents who are awesome. We help awesome parents with awesome skills, um, develop awesome skills. Excuse me. Awesome parents with awesome kids develop those awesome skills. And so it might be the application of those skills that is making you feel stuck, rather than thinking that the skills are irrelevant for your family. So great news is that those skills can be changed uh, quickly. That those skills can be added quickly sensitive kids grow at a much faster rate when they are raised in a positive environment and they beat the odds of the bell curve of development compared to their peers when they grow up in a positive environment so when we shift that dynamic those skills can be much more um much more um permeable uh, of your child's skill set uh, but that needs to be needs to be managed uh, in a certain order, right? So if we're the right fit, we'll we'll have a conversation about that. Uh, we'll, we'll tell you all about it on the phone. Uh, MeganThompsonCoaching.com/backslash-talk is where you can book a call with our team if you're parenting a child uh, eighth grade and younger. And if you're parenting a high schooler, then go to MeganThompsonCoaching.com/backslash-teen-talk. Now we're based in the U.S., so high school is uh, ninth grade and up here in the US. That means 14 plus. Um, and, and we work with, with teens in high school, uh, but we work with, with teens from around the world as well. And then um, same thing for, for kiddos. Eighth grade would be 13 and under if you're still in elementary school, middle school, etc. cetera. Um, and we work with parents of children two and up in the coaching business. Um, based on the skills that we teach and the age that your child needs to be in order to perpetuate those skills. That's, a, that's the sweet spot where we found to be most effective. So noticing that um, it's super, super important to understand for you as a parent, of a sensitive child that dealing with this dread walking on eggshells and feeling frustrated on a daily basis does not have to be your normal when we see our clients break out of this pattern they notice that they can help their child deal with disappointing news like the fact that they've been excited to go to uh, an amusement park and um, and then the plans change and and their cousin's sick and they're not able to go anymore they have to change their day and they've been counting down the days now they got to add three more days to that right and and your child can avoid a meltdown with that news your child can avoid a meltdown hearing about a a death among alongside you um even if that wasn't the the delivery that you were hoping for right um your, your child can avoid the pet death would be more you know this would be more appropriate uh to to expect of your child Um, to not uh, have a meltdown in that moment. And then your child can deal with the bad news shared by a peer and and surprising news. And, And that can be something that they can feel capable of managing day in and day out, not from feeling like they have to hold it all in in order to protect other people from their feelings, but from feeling capable that they might feel sad. They know that that's not forever and that they know what to do about it to make that sadness smaller. So if that's something that you've been trying to figure out or something that you want for your family and you've just heard about us, either way is fine with us. Book that call with our team. We'll help you figure out exactly what you need to do, what what the, the, the missing gaps are for your particular family, what the priorities are for your particular family, and then we'll tell you all about how that works and how we could support you best. So if you are ready to, to solve this problem, go ahead and book a call with our team and uh, we're happy to point you in that right direction. Again, go to meganthompsoncoaching.com backslash talk or meganthompsoncoaching.com backslash teen talk to break out of this meltdown cycle, finally feel like you know exactly how to support your child, you know what's not working, you know how to stay out of it. And you're the one who is the catalyst for your child changing their, their life and how they experience their life. Uh, because that's why we decided to have kids in the first place, right? We know that we can support our children in managing their big emotions, and we want to be able to do that consistently. And um, and, and if you've felt stuck in that, and you're dealing with those daily meltdowns or shutdowns, uh, then there is a way out of this, and you can do it swiftly. All right. Have a wonderful day, and um, look, we look forward to having a conversation with you soon. Bye. Thanks for joining me for this episode of How to Parent Your Highly Sensitive Child Like a Ninja. We release a brand new episode every week, so be sure to click subscribe. If you're ready to join a community of parents focused on eliminating the daily meltdown cycle and want more support, be sure to join our free Facebook group, Parent Your Highly Sensitive Child Like a Ninja where we provide free video trainings to parents just like you. You can find that in the search bar of Facebook or you can go to facebook.com backslash groups backslash parenting highly sensitive child. Thank you and have a wonderful day.